1: A busy day, friends and neighbors. Right before we started recording, we both accidentally hung out in the studio together to eat. My name is Ben. Uh, My name is Noel. And hey, hey,
0: you, um, you're losing, you're losing, you're losing, you're losing your vitamin C donuts.
1: It's true. It's true. And uh, at the end of this episode, we hope that you can let us know whether it's a good or bad thing to have lost them. Of course, where would we be without our super producer, Casey Pegram? And I want to ask, where would we be without donuts? We'd probably be leading happier, healthier lives,
0: mm-hmm. uh, have lower blood pressure, uh, less diabetes, mm-hmm. obesity would probably be diminished. Uh, I don't know. I think it'd be a pretty beautiful world without donuts. Yeah. Are you a fan of donuts? I just think, I mean, sure, they're good. They're, they're delicious. But they're just so decadent. It's like, can you think of a more decadent treat? I mean, I'm sure you could if you
1: tried. <laughs> but it would
0: probably involve
1: slathering a donut with some kind of pudding. I'm just not, you know, I've just never been a donut person. Mm. I don't have Cronut? Uh, no, just not a not not a guy for it. Croissant would be a little bit more on the savory end, but it's strange because here in Atlanta no, our office is down the street from a pretty well-known Krispy Kreme outlet, which rumor has it that Shack actually owns now. The yeah, the, the one with the
0: sign, like with the one with the old school neon yeah.
1: sign. Yeah, apparently that is one of the many things in the city owns. And then also, you and Casey and I have witnessed over the past few years the rise of the artisan donuts here in Atlanta, along with cupcakes. I mean, it's great. There's a place
0: called Revolution Donuts that is fantastic. They actually have a savory donut that I like that's got like Gruyere and like ham in it and Mm -hmm. it's really good. Um, But I honestly am more inclined to eat something like that. I think I've lost my sweet tooth in addition to my vitamin C donuts.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. uh, So, (laughs) it's it's something that I think will, on balance, be better for both of us. Multiple studies indicate that the average American eats way too much sugar, right? And it's it's in so many foods that we consume. We should point out that none of us, none of the three of us, are professional nutritionists, right? So whatever we say uh, is should not be taken as nutrition advice. I'm sort of an
0: armchair nutritionist. Mm-hmm. I just sort of fling these whatever pops through my head and just, just, just willy-nilly. Just I think you need to mm. eat more riboflavin, Ben, just looking at you. You look a little peaked. I think riboflavin is what you need. My ben,
1: uh so everybody knows Noel is... Pointing in the old, uh, in the style of the old World War Two Uncle Sam poster, but instead the caption instead of uh, "We need you for the U.S. Army," it would be "You need riboflavin." I'm also wearing a, hat, a big, tall
0: uh, American flag hat right now,
1: which I think is cool, and I'm I'm really proud of you for stretching your wings in this new things. I think this could be big. I don't know if it's an everyday hat because you want it to be special. I did it for this episode. I was just trying something out. But what is this episode about? I'm so glad you asked because this episode uh, is about donuts, a very specific type of donut. And before we get into that, we should just give a brief history of donuts. Pretty common. I would be surprised if you have not ever heard of a donut and still somehow are listening to podcasts on the internet Food like donuts has been around for centuries and centuries and centuries and people tell you the American version of the donut traces back to Dutch settlers, Dutch Mm colonists, right? And they didn't have that familiar ring shape. Uh, you can find a mention of donut in a book by Washington Irvine in 1809, A History of New York from the Beginning of the World to the End of the Dutch Dynasty. But over time, they became a super convenient snack for Americans, right, on both coasts. And our story takes place in the world of donuts, but also in the world of crazy advertising, which is one of our... Favorite things. We're talking about the moment where before the six million dollar man happened, uh, some food manufacturers said, all right, donuts are great, but what if we could also make them healthy? What if we could build them stronger, faster? I can't remember the rest of the six million dollar man thing. Faster. Deeper.
0: No, I don't know. I'm don't thinking know. of Daft Punk. You are thinking I am too. That's <laughs> all that comes to mind there. Yeah, but it's like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's utter flim flam. Mm-hmm. Man, you know, and we're going to get to that. But uh what if, Ben, you know, what if you could do that? That'd be cool, but you can't. So the next best thing is just to figure out a way to convince people that it's a thing. And then, you know, it, it, it takes the burden of guilt off of them for eating this trash food, basically. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. Back in the early 1940s. The biggest donut maker of the time, an outfit named, in a burst of creativity, the Donut Corporation of America. Genius. <laughs> genius. little on the nose, some would say, but we're fans. Uh, they tried pushing this product. They tried to do this thing, and they created something called vitamin donuts. But what? What? What the heck, man? What's a vitamin donut? It's a donut um, <laughs> that is
0: fortified. It is made with flour that is enriched with various vitamins, um, synthesized vitamins. And it was a popular trend in general at the time. Kellogg's even had a cereal called Pep cereal and, uh, companies like Libby's and Birdseye, which are still around today. They, they sell like frozen pot pies and stuff were all about this language of, of it being, uh, enriched, vitamin infused or whatever. There are different ways of putting it. And th- there was a golden age for
1: this, uh, nonsense. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Vitamin donuts specifically had thiamine and some vitamin B3 and iron. No riboflavin. Fortification that I can find, which is a crying shame. It's just that twitch I'm seeing in your eye. I feel like magnesium maybe is, is would be the maybe it's for magnesium. You. Yeah. And Noel is absolutely correct. There was a there was an advertising craze to make you think that product A was healthier or a smarter investment due to this extra nutritional bang you got for your buck. You know what I thought of when we were looking at some of this stuff off air was the cycle of language and advertising. Like in the nineties, remember everything was, what was it? Uh, was it digital in the nineties? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like the, the Indie glow watches and stuff Mm. like that, you know, or like organic in the early, uh, two thousands. And so maybe fortified was one of the, Buzz terms of the
0: 40s. You know, one uh, from today I have to get too far off topic that okay. I heard the other the other day that really, I think, is totally accurate is uh, things that are like recyclable or like made from supposedly made from recycled material like water bottles. They say up to 30 percent or 40 percent. And uh, in, in an interview on NPR that I heard, the question was posed to like a recycling expert. Like, does that mean it could be like one percent? Uh-huh. <laughs> the answer is Yes.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah. We have to be careful with that language. I hadn't thought of that with recycling. I'm familiar with that. It's similar to like a portion of the proceeds from this will be donated to. You know, this amazing charity. But speaking of the ads you're talking about, these campaigns were everywhere. And the poster
0: for Vitamin Donuts is delightful and horrifying. Uh, it says vitamin, big red letters surrounded by these, like, hashtags of sparkling energy. And then donuts, and then um, on either side are the most rosy-cheeked, you know, uh, just up and at them, little tykes that you could ever imagine. One of them holding a donut with a bite taken out of it. Their cheeks are... Blood red. And I think that was meant to imply health and vitality. And what's the catchphrase,
1: Ben? Oh gosh. For pep and vigor, each donut fortified with a minimum of 25 units of vitamin B1. Vitamin donuts. Gorge your way to health. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Look at the way the, that poor little girl in the bottom left of the poster is staring at those donuts. She wants them. She
0: wants them. And the size is all wrong too. The scale is really, the perspective is very strange because the donuts are kind of in the four and the girl is sort of on the same visual plane, but she, the donuts are like the size of her head. Uh, it's, 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 it's a very odd ad. Um, this was a failure. Not just from the donut contingent, um, but from other companies that tried it as well. And that's because, of the Nutrition Division of the U.S. Government's War
1: Food Administration, right, Ben? Mm-hmm. Absolutely right, Noel. So the Nutrition Division of the War Food Administration had clout, and it awarded a seal of approval to companies when it approved their nutrition claims. But the problem with the donuts was this. The donuts were made with, as, as you had mentioned earlier, Noel, enriched white flour. And this meant... According to the boffins at the nutrition division, this meant that the donuts themselves were not enriched with vitamins. Only the flour they were made from was enriched. See, I picture them like instead of sprinkles,
0: you have horse pills (laughs) (laughs) with all your vitamins or just like, you know, with a nice cream filling. Intermixed with, uh, you know, Flintstones Chewables. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, that doesn't sound half bad. I knew a lot of people who ate Flintstones Chewables like candy. Just for, for the taste. They're, mm-hmm. they're delightful. I'm not a fan of chalky things, but, uh, I like gummy vitamins, actually. Oh, I'm a fan of the, the gummy best. vitamins. I'll eat those for fun.
1: Oh, yeah. I once OD'd on vitamin C. It was not a pretty picture. Really? How old were you? It was like last week. Is that why you have that kind of I didn't want to say anything. It's a glow. Your skin it's a glow. Is, that's, okay. yeah,
0: that's what they say about me. That's a glow.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're all right. Uh, it's so, it looks like I'm a riboflavin vampire and you are at the citrusy door of Vitamin C death. Well, yeah,
0: it's like uh, that character in, uh, in the Superman uh, movie with the nukes and stuff who kind of was birthed from the sun and all of a sudden started growing creepy fingernails and could shoot fireballs out of his eyes. That was me when I ate the whole jar of uh, vitamin C gummies. Not going to wow. do that again.
1: Yeah, yeah. We have to be careful because even though we are taught often to associate vitamins with health and good decisions, medically speaking – It is absolutely possible to have too much of a good thing, and there are consequences to that. But here's another thing about this enriched white flour. It sounds great, and even today, in 2018 as we record this, if you're in the United States and you go to your average grocery store, you're going to see that quite a few food products that use flour use enriched white flour. It's just the most common thing. Right, but it's not a superfood. No,
0: it's sort of like uh, figuring out how to turn pig parts into gelatin. You know, it's sort of <laughs> like uh, making lemons into lemonade. It's just taking a unpleasant byproduct or just something that was just happening anyway and figuring out how to sell it, you know, and put a bow on it. That's what this whole, hey, we've got this stuff that we already use and it's the cheapest product available and the easiest natural path to making this stuff Let's let's call it something uh, cool so people think they're buying something different.
1: Right. So what do dietitians think of this, Noel? Like what what are, what are the experts saying about enriched flour? Yes. Sarah
0: Gleim, who uh, is a pal of ours in the office, wrote this article for How Stuff Works. Vitamin donuts were a thing? Question mark, question mark. I added the second question mark. Um, but she spoke to a dietician from Birmingham, Alabama, uh, at the Health and Wellness Center, St. Vincent's 119. And she asked her about the efficacy of enriched flour. And this is how she responded. Uh, as much as I would love for them to be healthy, she says, I really wouldn't consider donuts made with enriched white flour a healthy source of nutrients. Donuts are made using only refined white flour, and these refined carbohydrates have been shown to be worse for your health than saturated fat.
1: Ouch. Oh, also an editorial correction here on my part. The enriched flour did contain riboflavin. Yes. As as well as folic acid. So rest, rest assured, everybody who is about to throw away their collection of vintage vitamin donuts. So the nutrition division wanted the Donut Corporation to call them not vitamin donuts, but to call this product Enriched Flour Donuts, which is just not as sexy a name. What do you think? Absolutely not. I mean, it certainly does not fill my heart with uh, vim, vigor, and pep. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs>
2: Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
1: This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. See Mint Mobile for details. And so even though the Donut Corporation lost the battle regarding vitamin donuts with the nutrition division, the Donut Corporation went on to do decades of business as donut advocates. Probably the best way to say it. Almost like a donut lobby? I don't want to get close to calling them Big Donut, but I think that's a hilarious phrase.
0: When you say Big Donut, it makes me think of that donut shop in L.A. near the airport with the big giant donut on top. What oh, yeah, about? yeah, I yeah. It's called.
1: It's I, you a, know what? It's a fixture, though. I feel like I'm just going to spend every trip to L.A. I have seeing that donut shop and never going in because I'm always in a hurry to oh, and yeah, from the course. airport.
0: I mean, you're lucky if you get a chance to stop at in and out Burger.
1: That's true. That's true. And this is not related to anything. Did I tell you I went to an In-N-Out burger for the first time? No, you didn't. Mm. What would you think? I, you know, I, at first I was a little bit let down because there had been so much hype about it. And then I tried the burger. The burger is solid. It's, it's really good. It's really good. It's good. It's got like a, almost like
0: a cinnamony vibe to it. There's something they put in the patties that like really has a interesting, uh,
1: robust flavor. I'm and, a fan. And Did and you should... get an animal style? Uh, I did not. That's the way to go. That's what I should have done, I think. Double-double. Double-double. Animal, double, style. Double animal yeah. style. Hopefully I'll be back there again sometime, and I'm all about – Noel and I are both all about exploring not just fast food, but any different local food that we run across in our travels. Yeah, trash food. <laughs> the world over. <laughs> the world over. So, uh, for instance, this includes things like Crown Burger in Utah – Pals in East Tennessee, which I still have to take you to if we ever get get up around that way in the Hollers and the Cricks.
0: I know we're off topic a little bit, but I saw an article on Mental Floss today that was a map showing what the most popular burger is in every state. Oh wow! And you know what it is in most states? What is it? Five Guys.
1: They took over. They
0: really, really did. Only one was Burger King, and then obviously the West Coast is all in and out, and Whataburger, reigns Supreme in Texas, and I think a couple of the surrounding Mm -hmm. states. But Five Guys was the champion big time.
1: I was surprised. It's pretty good, but I didn't know it was such a – Force in the hamburger it's a good world.
0: Good burger. I mean, it's it's it's, it's a good. good quality burger. We have around here a thing called cookout, which I think is sort of a southern, a mm-hmm. regional thing. Yeah, it's pretty cool because you can you get a, a combo, and for your sides, you get to choose two sides. You can choose uh, chicken quesadilla and mm-hmm. chicken nuggets, or double chicken nuggets, or like a corn dog, or two chicken quesadillas, <laughs> or
1: two corn dogs. It's really really good for your health. I have no idea how they make money you got to order the tray.
0: Yeah, it's like $4, too. Anyway, we digress. Yeah. Ben, let's say we wrap this episode up with uh, a fun hodgepodge of some other abysmal food failures uh, and or misleading ad campaigns.
1: I completely agree. Uh, how about
0: you kick us off? Uh, only because Casey mentioned it. Uh, McDonald's has had some pretty hilarious food fails mm-hmm. uh, over the years. One uh, was called the McAfrica. Uh, and this was a, a, confection that was only available in southern Africa. And in a PR nightmare, um, McDonald pulled, pulled that product because apparently calling something Mick in a whole country is in bad form. Yeah. It looks like it's made with just flatbread. It looks like a, like a Big Mac, but with like two pieces of flatbread. Ooh. It doesn't look particularly appetizing, but the McAfrica.
1: I always think of it. We're talking about Failed food products from fast food. I always think of the Hula Burger. The Hula Burger was also from McDonald's uh, made by Ray Kroc himself, the driving force behind McDonald's success, who always had a million ideas. He was just throwing ideas left and right. They wanted to make a burger for Catholics who didn't eat meat on Fridays. So instead of beef or a chicken patty, it had a grilled pineapple slice topped with cheese. People hated it. Yeah, the picture of it that I see here—it's obviously
0: not a professional shot, but it looks—it looks like something. It looks like a dead thing.
1: Yeah, it looks—it looks bad. I mean, you can't blame the the folks for trying. But what about market research? You know. Did, yeah. Did they just not have that at that time? Okay, well, you know, it probably wasn't as easy to conduct as it is today. You had to go, like, door-to-door or, or
0: get people to fill stuff out, and no one wants to do that. Um, we're not going to harp on McDonald's and fast food. Sure. I just wanted to mention those. Those are fun. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about some more campaigns. Remember Ovaltine? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also uh – uh fortified, right? Yeah, it's like, you know, malted powder drink you mix with your milk and it, you know, to be fair, contains uh quite a bit of fortification in the form of calcium, folic acid, iron, zinc, our pal riboflavin, thiamine, vitamin B6, vitamin B12, vitamin C, mm. and vitamin A. And it is a legacy product in that same period that we were talking about, but they seem to have managed to uh continue to promote it as kind of a healthful supplement type drink, and people love the stuff. It is
1: delicious. People love it. It is, it, it, its status as a healthy beverage is controversial, but I think a lot of people get it for nostalgic reasons as well, you know, like Grandma always made Ovaltine. It's an immediate, like, blast
0: to your childhood when you take a sip of it. And then, you know, not to mention, more Ovaltine, please, you know. Like, it's (laughs) pretty interesting when these companies build such strong PR that goes so far back and they're able to just kind of ride that snake to, like, perpetual ubiquity in the public consciousness. Even though Ovaltine, you don't hear about it too much. They don't, like, have ads all over the place, you know. But it's definitely a thing. Also, not to mention, Ben, I don't know if you've heard about this, but there are studies
1: that are saying that vitamin supplements, not as big of a thing as we maybe used to think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because there's there are questions about how much benefit they actually convey to your body, depending upon the manner in which they are ingested Mm -hmm. or the manner in which they are uh, included in the manufacturing process. like. Vitamin water is a perfect example. Exactly. And again, I think
0: they are able to get away with calling the product vitamin water because on the side, it does list a crap ton of – additives that are, you know, things you would find in multivitamin supplements. But I think a lot of it has to do with, like, if you're deficient in something, your doctor can prescribe you to take something that, like, you know, gets you to the levels you need to be. Mm -hmm. But if you're not and you're just, like, loading yourself up with all these different vitamins, is there benefit there? And there are studies out there that
1: that seem to think there may even be harm. Right. Especially when you consider how much sugar comes along with the deal. Uh, There's, you know, there's a world of foods and drinks that skirt just beneath the threshold of being legally culpable for their claims. And advertisers do spend a lot of time figuring out language that sounds good, but does not really promise something, right? Like, is there a definition of natural? What is natural other than something that sounds good on a box in the grocery store? And even beyond that, this makes me wonder if vitamin water is going to seem... As silly in a few years as vitamin donuts seem today. You know what I mean? Like I can see future historians going, why don't you just drink water and get a doctor to give you vitamins? Cause it doesn't taste like dragon fruit. <laughs> That's a good point.
0: Remember 50 Cent? He had a big steak mm-hmm. in vitamin water and there was that formula 50 flavor. <laughs> someone, someone told me that they thought that tasted like the way you would think grape sweat would taste. <laughs> That's so gross. Just leave that right there.
1: Leave that. Oh, uh, speaking of drinks, we found some other failed, like spectacularly failed beverages. Uh, did you ever hear of Pepsi AM?
0: Was it like breakfast Pepsi? <laughs>
1: yeah, I had never heard of this. So they they thought, you know what? People aren't really drinking soda in the morning. So let's do exactly what you're describing. Let's get some breakfast soda drinkers. And they introduced this thing in the late 80s called Pepsi AM. It had all the sugar and twice the caffeine of regular Pepsi. Finally, right? Uh, it lasted about a year. Well, speaking of soda, let's have
0: some more fun. Uh, we were, we were talking about like more current things that, that fit in this fail model, but let's, let's go back, back, back to the 1950s where there was a campaign for 7 up that shows an infant. Mm-hmm. Downing a seven up. It says why we have the youngest customers in the business. And what, uh, I think the caption there or the motto is something like seven up for babies. Exactly. And it says nothing doesn't like seven up. Uh, and then it has a nice little uh, recipe on the side here, you know, for kids, a little trick that makes a treat seven up in milk mix. Mix chilled 7-Up and cold milk in equal parts by pouring the 7-Up gently into the milk. Do not stir. The 7-Up adds a light and delicate flavor, making a delicious blended food drink.
1: Food drink. <laughs> uh, that villain laugh oh, is I want a Friday. You want I, a
0: food drink? I don't, I don't know what that is.
1: <laughs> food drink sounds like a terrible translation of a traditional beverage somewhere. It's like, oh,
2: Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
1: This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? advertisements that that clearly would be illegal today and then also food products that even if we allow for hindsight, they still sound like just horrifically bad ideas. And props to Hunter Oatman Stanford
0: over at Collectors Weekly. He made a list over there that we are pulling from for some of these and, mm-hmm. and they're delightful.
1: I want to point out that uh, – <laughs> to go back to fast food just briefly, I want to point out that Taco Bell – deserves a medal for all the strange things they've tried over the years. There was, uh, most notably, I remember, the Taco Bell seafood salad, which just sounds like a terrible idea. Any notion of seafood
0: from a fast food restaurant typically is a red flag for me, although I will occasionally do a Cap'n D's, you know. under Under duress. At least that's all they do. It's not just an afterthought. You know what I mean? Like the McLobster. Right, We're right. We're back picking on the uh, McDonald's. Yeah, they had a McLobster that was only available in, in, in the main area. But um, do you remember that I Love Lucy episode where she gets the commercial for this thing called Vitamita Vegemin? It's very, very popular. And she's trying to do it. And as it turns out, it's just chock full of alcohol. And every time <laughs> like she takes a swig of it, she yeah. just gets more and more plastered. And their slogan is spoon your way to health. And it's like totally. <laughs> (laughs) clearly just chock full of of straight booze. Um, This one I found here from the American Meat Institute from the 50s. Uh, It's it's a big old meat platter featured in the center and then like nine hot dogs kind of like raining down from the sky. And it says two delicious ways to help keep yourself trim. And the copy here is very similar to what they're making fun of in that Lucy sketch. In this hot weather, do you feel tired, listless, all washed out? Don't blame it all on the heat. Look at your diet, too. Scientific studies show it might well be due to a lack of
1: high-quality protein, the kind you get in meat. And for long-time listeners, you've got to check out the visuals on this ad because they have what looks like an aspic or a meat jelly in the center of the platter. Oh,
0: I think you're right. I thought – you know what? That's exactly what it is. At first, I thought it was like a cheese uh, – you know, like a pimento cheese mountain or something like that. Yeah. But I think it is exactly that, Ben. Uh,
1: we we also found uh, an ad that was for sugar, just sugar. Uh, It says, sugar might just be the willpower you need to curb your appetite. Sugar's quick energy can be the willpower you need to eat less. And it has uh, close-up shots of people drinking soda and eating candy. And this was part of a very large cover-up that we only recently learned
0: about. And the woman in this picture on the left – She looks terrifying and is drinking this soda in the most unnatural way. It's like cocked off in this weird canted angle, and it's like one of those paper straws, and she is absolutely just chewing it. It's just clamped between her teeth, and she's got this kind of wandering eye thing going on like she is just jacked on sugar. It's Mm -hmm. a very troubling image.
1: Yeah, and check out how sketchy this one is too because – these ads come from 1969 and they include advice like have a soft drink before your main meal or snack on some candy an hour before lunch and there's not a company name you can follow up by mailing someone named sugar information also sugar information sounds like a pretty cool code name I'm sure it's like the sugar lobby right like that's responsible to be. for this stuff it has to be oh, boy is it weird enough for you
0: are we uh i'm
1: feeling weirded out man i'm feeling i'm feeling like we have we have not yet reached peak ridiculous advertising and failed food campaigns but i think this i think we should save the rest for another day what do you say I think that's wise, Ben. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you or someone you know had the fortune to try a vitamin donut, we'd like to hear about the taste. Was it different from a regular donut? And what are your favorite failed food crazes? We'd also, of course, like to thank uh, our author, Sarah Gleim, and our super producer, Casey Pecker. And If I'm not mistaken, Ben, most of the flour you
0: buy today at the store is enriched flour. It's like yeah. there's nothing special about it. It's not magic vitamin flour.
1: It's true. It's true. It's pretty much regular
0: flour now. now let us know, any bakers out there, let us know how you feel about this stuff. Um, is it possible to make healthy baked goods? we're interested write to us at ridiculous at howstuffworks.com you can check us out on all the social medias again i second my co-host ben and thanking our super producer casey and also alex williams who composed our theme
1: and most importantly you so goodbye for now we'll talk to you very soon and in the meantime send us all the weird ads you can find please do